CM Punk's return, and uh, Mika Villas is somewhere uh, in a lost city. Um, I don't find her way to um, I, 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 that's not true. I know she goes to Chicago, and well, we're keeping with the team. Danny, how the heck are you? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing? Um, you know, it's another another interesting week in wrestling. Interesting returns. Interesting changes of allegiance with some of these returns. Yeah. Uh, the, the bigger question for me is, Eric, are you still hyperventilating from uh, last week's Rampage? You know, we're still not recovered. Um, but we're getting there. Slowly but surely, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh let, let, let's go ahead and, and talk about this. Uh, the worst kept secret in pro wrestling, of course, <coughs> all over the wrestling media and the dirt sheets um, throughout the last few weeks. Um, of course, uh, Tony Khan uh, tweeting out, you know, kind of basically um, admitting that they got CM Punk by saying he was not going to disappoint the fans. And man, uh, those were some loud chants to begin the show, and they didn't waste a minute. They didn't make the people wait. Um, all show, they got it done at the very beginning, and yeah, cult of personality played out. CM Punk came, knee shirt, immediately available, yet unavailable. On uh, PWTs and AEWshop.com, as uh, once again, CM Punk breaks the internet. But he has returned after a seven month, seven year uh, hiatus, um, you know, and uh, back to reclaim the title of uh, best in the world. He is back. As you mentioned, you know, one of the worst kept secrets in wrestling uh, in recent memory. But sometimes that's a good thing. Um, You know, to the fans clamor for something and voila, we give them what they want. (gasps) What a novel concept. Um, You know, I feel putting him at the beginning of the show – was the best move too, because as you heard how loud those chants were at the start of the show, had they waited until the, you know, main event time slot, you would have had 50 minutes of people screaming CM Punk at the top of their lungs. Fans would not 
have been a have not have been willing to uh, focus on the rest of your broadcast. Nope. Which you know is still a few weeks out from a major pay per view, so it's building stories. <clears throat> um, you want pan- fans to pay attention, so you know you go ahead and give everybody what they want right away. And um, you know if some people tune out afterwards. That's just the price you pay, but the crowd, you know, was still good um, throughout the remainder of the show. And yes, they focused and paid attention to what was happening in the present versus what's going to happen, what might happen. Start the show, give them the man they paid to see. Place comes unglued. I swear the the roof probably flew off the place as soon as they heard the you know, of the static right before, and then the drum beat um, as Cult of Personality busted into it. Uh, you know, his his promo was nothing exceptional as far as what we know of, you know, his promo work especially. It was kind of, hey, I'm here. I'm back. Yes, I'm not just coming in for a one-off. Yes, I'm coming in and I'm going to stay. Uh, you know, I want to fight some of the best that, you know, the wrestling world now has people that, you know, were, were not available for me to fight at the time. Um, you know, the last time I wrestled. So he starts out with Darby Allen will be his first opponent, uh, with all elite. And you know, that yet again, that is somebody, I don't think Darby was even wrestling when punk retired. Um, you know, so Darby himself and punk, very similar in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, that is is a match I'm really looking forward to. Not just, you know, because, you know, I am a big fal- fan of Allen. Very big, longtime fan of Punk. But, you know, it's to, to see, as you mentioned, if he can reclaim the, t- if he can reclaim the title he once held as best in the world. Um, you know, does he come back and that same high caliber he was at when he left or, you know, have the ravages of time changed him a little bit, slowed him down or, you know, made him not maybe, you know, affected him some way other than just, um, what, what you would come to expect. So it's a whole lot of eyes on the, on the product leading up to his debut. He's here. Eyes are still paying attention. You know, the ratings were, Huge for his debut. The ratings were big for Rampage, you know, where he went out and just talked again, basically. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of eyes are going to be on All Out, and they, everybody wants to see, you know, what he is capable of, what he can do. And putting him against a top, perf- you know, a top performer, somebody who's extremely popular, I think is also uh, a very, a very good. Uh, Good thing too, because it's rather than put him against somebody he can kind of crush within a few minutes, you want something to showcase his true talent. And I assume he probably wants that too. He wants to go out there and have have high quality matches with high quality opponents. They could have let Punk talk that entire hour uh, for Rampage, and I'm pretty sure nobody would have cared. Um, Like the matches at that point were secondary because all anybody was talking about for the rest of the night, for the rest of the weekend, um, 
until Sunday, but whatever. Um, and even through this week has been CM Punk. That's all yeah. really the wrestling world has been talking about, whether it's, you know, him showing up on Rampage, him showing up on Dynamite, him dropping hints here or there, maybe. Um, it's just, that's, they could have let him talk for an hour and that crowd would have never got tired. That cr- The crowd would have never got bored. And it just, it blows my mind that we're finally here seven years later, never say never in professional wrestling because, you know, I've, I've held out hope for seven years. Uh, I don't think it's a secret. CM Punk is my favorite of all time. Um, predating WWE. Um, but I held out hope. And then once he came back for backstage, I was like, maybe this is where we start. Like this is the healing process for him because he's going to have to watch the product. And then he watched the product and, you know, just like anybody that doesn't, that loves something passionately and goes away from it for a little while. If something starts pushing it back, it's going to be like, Hey, what did I love so much about this? And then you sit and you watch it and, or you do it and you're just like, you know, yeah, that's what I love about it. And then, you know, he went to go film heels with Stephen Amell and all they talked about was how much knowledge he was dropping on all the actors, how to do this, how to do that, how to work. Like, and, and I think just all of that combined reignited his passion for professional wrestling. And I guess over sometime over the last year or two, he realized he missed it. And now he's back on our televisions every week. And I could not be happier. So, yeah. I think part of the thing, you know, that he decided to come back was there was, you know, a platform that he felt uh, would be suitable for him. You know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty apparent, you know, that he was not going to go back to WWE as much as most people would have loved it. You know, there were just a whole host of reasons that he would, you know, that he will just never probably return to WWE. I don't care if they try to put him in the Hall of Fame in 20 years, he might not show up. You know, like there's, there is um, just a lot of, st- a long history there uh, of bad stuff, you know, from, from his perspective with WWE. And so, you know, yes, there have been other places, but, um, you know, he just never felt really compelled you know, to to go to, you know, possibly Ring of Honor again or, you know, to Impact Wrestling or Japan or Mexico or Europe, you know. Nowhere really stood out to him, you know. So now that there's a another platform, national television in the United States, a lot of top caliber, you know, talent there, new talent to him, new faces, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that was part a big part of it too, you know, is not only that he kind of was like, Hey, I missed it, but like there was realistically a place he could go and, and do it and it feel new and fresh to him rather than just going to WWE and falling back into their same old, the old habits that, that, you know, kind of were so toxic to him. And, you know, Um, like he said, like there's still old grudges that need to be squashed too, even in uh, AEW. I mean, you've got Moxley there who, you know, 
the last program that Punk really had before he left was him and Brian versus the Shield. So I mean, yeah. they're they've got that that they can play off of. Yeah. Um, they've got. I don't think Punk and Christian ever really interacted or anything, but no, they were kind of um, in different in different realms, basically. Yeah. So I mean. I guess that was who he was referring to when he said he had uh, grudges. I can't really think of anybody else on Cole Cabana. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's the uh, the shoot grudge, brother. Um, I don't Hopefully, think really wants they're to see both Cole professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to see Cole Cabana in main event picture slot. So let's let's not do that. But um, I yeah, mean, let's be honest. What, what there are some other people that star. he? knows and there are people he's interested in and there are people you know some that he's worked with or not had the chance to and some that are you know were kind of on the rise in different in different capacities when he was in wwe and after he left you know i mean i'm probably sure he would like to get in you know get in the ring and test himself against you know all the people that that you know the all the members of the elite and you know all these people that fans consider the best of this generation um i'm sure he would like to test himself against against them uh so it's i mean yes there are you know old familiar faces there but there's such a a depth to the roster um with a lot of interesting talent that he could really work on i mean could you could think about him versus you know, Pentagon, Pentagon Jr. You know, think of him, you know, against Kingston. You know, yes, they probably battled back in the old days, but they're both very different people now. Punk and know? Malachi. And, yeah, Punk and Tommy. I don't think Tommy End and him ever really locked up. No. Nope. Um, you know, yet again, of course, he's getting Darby Allen, which is a great mix because, like I said, there's, you know, pe- people will see a lot of similarities between them. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. You know, guys who both kind of blaze their own path. You know, they're both straight edge and, you know, heavy metal, punk rock kind of guys, um, yep. you know, who who really kind of keep to themselves more. You know, they're not about being a part of the group. They're not about trying to be popular. They really just want to go out there and and do the best they can. And that's one of the things that people love about them, you know? Um, yeah. And, and he named you know, I mean, Jungle are, Boy. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Boy, of course, is somebody who's, you know, tearing it up with a lot of, you know, getting a lot of popularity and is getting really exciting in the ring. People are loving to see him grow and develop into, you know, into a a fully-fledged performer. Um, Well, you know, WWE likes to say that there's nobody left that can really change. Well, not WWE, I guess Twitter, really, that can draw the the ratings in. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at what Punk's done – um, on Rampage, just, he got what? Just to have him like, talk, yeah. Yeah. He got over a million viewers for Rampage, and then Dynamite drew one point, almost 1.2 last night. So, I mean... Yeah. Punk is a needle mover. And yeah, I don't understand why WWE didn't think about that. I mean, granted, you know, I'm sure if, if they, if, if they would have had a long sit-down conversation where they admitted their faults, both of them, because, you know... No, yeah, yeah. in anything, no party is completely blameless. I'm sure yeah, Punk yeah. had things that he did that Vince could have handled differently. Yeah. Or, and then or just one, the same whatever. as WWE could have handled differently. But I yeah. don't think that really anybody, and this has been said multiple times, even from on, on his 
DVD release, podcasts. Nobody knew what to do with CM Punk. Vince thought yeah. that he just looked like a common street rat. He looked like a backyarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looked and like they a didn't know they That's didn't know not, what a CM Punk was. Yeah, he doesn't fit the ideal mold of what Vince McMahon considers to be a professional wrestler. And then, like what we talked about the other day, um, you know, the whole summer of Punk, he wins the title, goes away and for it's two huge. weeks. The huge pop, huge. everybody yeah. loved it. You know, he takes the belt, he posts a picture in his refrigerator. It goes huge. <laughs> you know, like and then he two takes weeks it to later, a baseball game, and everybody's going crazy. And then yeah. yeah, like three weeks later, he's back and loses the gets, belt. Yeah, loses the belt very quickly, and then kind of just gets shuffled around. You know, they didn't even know how to capitalize on the moment no, they had. They didn't. Um, and then he immediately went into a feud with Kevin Nash, who hadn't wrestled in yeah. like ten years. Yeah, he goes but, to Kevin Nash. He fights Triple yeah. H a lot, and yeah, they weren't really sure what to do with him for a long time. Um, and they dropped the ball. And I mean, yeah, at, at that point in my mind, I'm thinking, okay. You know, if, if I'm CM Punk, I'm sitting here thinking I'm the hottest thing in professional wrestling by a long shot. People are already comparing what's happening with my story to the Austin era. And then you yeah. see how terribly WWE drops the ball on that. I'm thinking probably at that point, I'm like, wow, they have no clue what to do with me. He wins yeah. the belt, goes 434 days. They drop the ball with that a lot, too. And he's probably sitting here thinking, wow. They have no idea what to do with me. Yeah, and then even, after, even yeah. though he held the belt for so long, a lot he was an afterthought. His, yeah, a lot of his title matches were very much secondary to bigger feuds. Unless he was feuding um, with John Cena. Um, yeah, he was, he was, he was back or something like he was semi-main yeah. eventing, you know, as champion. Because um, some of so the best of told stories of 2012, 2013 was his feud with Brian. Like that was fantastic. Yet again, um, they still kind of didn't really know what to do with Brian. the two of them together. Yeah. They had to kind of throw AJ in the mix and make it some kind of weird love triangle, you know, add more sports entertainment to it. They didn't really know what to do with just two top-tier professional wrestlers and how to make a compelling rivalry, you know, built on competition. Yeah, um, not on some because kind it's of not sports animosity and hatred or yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. traditional it's, roles of rule breaker you know good guy you know that kind of thing. It's prof they don't WWE does not want professional wrestling in WWE and because if they did there would have been no like look at the roster that they've had over not even back then like in the last five years and look how many of the quote unquote professional wrestlers no longer have jobs it's just yeah yeah but, you have to be an entertainer for them Absolutely. yeah but now cm punk has a platform that actually somewhat seems to care about wrestling as opposed to storylines yeah. i'm sure that cm punk has creative on cm punk um yeah, I'm pretty so, sure he has veto power over certain things. I don't think he's like literally booking all of his matches, but no. I but if there's something he, that he, he doesn't can, like, yeah, yeah, he can and, he can say no, or he can kind of discuss it, or they can kind of work around it differently. And I'm um, sure Punk's not going to be Hulk Hogan and just be like, "No, that finish doesn't work for me, brother." Yeah, put I, put the belts on me, and you know I'm never losing kind of thing. Yeah, whatever, yeah, like Punk Punk will do what Punk can do for the business, regardless of. Uh, wins or losses. He will help any way that he can. But, you know, 
as opposed to you know, him jobbing out to Triple H or losing to R-Truth in The Miz in a tag team match. Like, I don't think without a long-term story to be told about it, I don't think we'll see the character CM Punk character misused as much as he was in WWE. Yeah. But yeah, CM Punk's back on our TV. It's good for the wrestling business. It's and I'm it's sure very he's exciting. The People next are one. very interested. You know, I I don't know if you know it's bringing people technically bringing people who were kind of absent fans back into wrestling, but I definitely think the fans that are there are more interested. You know, AEW might be able to sway some more people over to see kind of what the buzz is about, <laughs> but I don't think it's it's truly going to be some game changing. You know. We're going to put WWE out of business, kind of thing. But it definitely nobody's is ever going to put WWE out of business. A huge move for AEW. Yeah, um, you know, it's a huge get for them. It generates a lot of attention. I mean, like you mentioned, the ratings are already you know up, and all he did was talk. Yeah, he hasn't even wrestled yet. It was just it's, to see him. Yeah. Um, so once you know, once he possibly starts wrestling on the regular, um, you know that that could do even more. Once people see how he you know, how he's able to, to compete now, you know, after all out, maybe, maybe there are some people who are on the fence and go, eh, I don't really care that much. And they, if they hear, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's still kicking ass. He's still doing really good. Then maybe you sway some more people, you know, it's kind of a build over time where more people Mm -hmm. come in, the more they hear about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, you know, he's going to do what he can to try and use his fame to help, you know, Rub Push shine it. on yeah. a lot of the up and comers. I mean, you said, you know, again, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. You know, these guys mm-hmm. are up not yet at a top caliber opponent. You know, they're not in the top tier, but they're they're on their way to that. They very well I feel could like be the top tier. You know, Darby's pushing the cusp of that. I honestly believe yeah. he's pushing the cusp. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this his, fame, his popularity is is out is astounding. It really. This is. could push him over. Um, yeah, this could push him up to title contender. Yeah. And and like I texted you last night, like I was like, I hate the fact that I talked so much shit about all elite wrestling for the first two years. And then now all of a sudden they've kind of got me hooked in. Um, yeah, well, and, and I think it, you know, a large part of that is, you know, you seeing the, the super fans of all elite, yeah, hearing what they have to say, yeah, and that kind of made you not, in a sense, not really give it a fair chance. I think, yeah, to an extent, and that and plus, you know, a lot of the beginnings of AEW, I didn't really, I didn't really like. It what was they hard had for going me to on. get into at the beginning. Yeah, it was hard for me to get but into now, at the beginning. They had, it was just fast-paced matches. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't really have time to establish the characters. They assumed mm-hmm. that you had followed all these people throughout their entire careers and knew their backstory and knew who they were, knew all their previous rivalries, so they didn't even have to mention them. You know, uh, yeah. And to me, you know, that was it was difficult to to feel invested in the matches. Yeah, they were cool and they were fast paced. They did lots of wacky shit, but you know, I didn't feel emotionally invested in the stuff very early on. But I think that. Over time, you know, they've settled I think they've, into a groove. Yeah, they found they found what works, found what they need to do, and they've you know forged a 
forged a true identity for themselves. Now all we have to do is get the entire elite off of the TV show, and it'll actually be a good TV whoa, show. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, you're just, you're just gonna have to accept the fact that CM Punk will will get trashed by Kenny Omega just like he did by uh, Mickey, whatever his name was, and Michael Jackson uh, in the UFC. Uh, no, that's not it at all. Kenny Omega is nowhere yeah. near CM Punk's level ever. Ever, ever, ever. So, ever, listen, ever, ever. So the best in the world was yesterday's news. This is the house that Kenny built. Then why is All Kenny right. not drawing in the ratings like CM Punk is? Listen, he's belt collecting, okay? He's what belt? He's, the, technically he's already he's lost belt, one. He's belt losing at this point. He was yeah. collecting. Now he's then they collected dust. Now they're now he's losing. Now he's losing them to better people. Mm. And if he didn't say that the finish didn't work for him, brother, he would have. Uh, he wouldn't have the uh, the triple A belt either. There was mm. obvious cheating uh, by you know by Christian. Yeah, when the young um, bucks brought in the the steel chair, the young bucks were him win. nothing but innocent bystanders that wanted to mm. cheer. Is that how that works? Um, okay. Oh. With they chairs just... in the ring. Hey, yeah. look, listen. They're, they're, they're VPs, okay? They, they have to be paying attention to what's going on in their company. Oh, they so what you're saying is they're using their stroke to, to get wins and stuff. Got well, it. you know. Okay. Like Jeff Jarrett did, and everybody hated yeah. him. Yeah. So you have you know. Yeah. Oh, it's all starting Kevin to make Nash sense. booking himself to beat it's, Goldberg and win the belt. It's all starting to make sense. That's why Patrick yeah. likes Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because they have the creative control. The same reason that he likes Hogan, he only yeah, likes people that can book themselves to win. Yeah, First of all, I, I, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks. It's, 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 it's Kenny, all right. It's all about Kenny. Uh, Kenny, I will admit, Kenny is good. He is just not as good as people have hyped him up to be. Listen. He is one half of the seven star match, all right? Yes, by Dave Meltzer, who should not be list- listened to at all. Nothing that Definitely he says not. is. Smart. Or red. Yeah, yeah, no. He's trash. Sorry, don't care. I've never heard um, anything Meltzer said. All joking, all joking aside, uh, happy for, for, for him. I'm sure that, you know. The way that he left, he ended things seven years ago. It's definitely not the way he really would have hit, like, you know, like his career to have ended. I mean, I think at one point he probably was at peace, not, you know, with that ending. But here he gets to, you know, go back and do what he loves and have, you know, possibly that happy ending. Um, yeah. So yeah, can't wait, and I'll definitely, you know, as as I continue to pick and choose matches in the AEW because I'm not gonna become an AEW stand yet or at all. No, not at all. Yes. Um. Yes. So, but I will pick and choose matches, and I will watch his matches because he's uh, definitely uh, great to watch. Look, we're now, on the final countdown to All Out, guys. Yeah. 
so here's the thing. Here's here's a question I want to pose. Okay. With um, with uh, AEW, right? Mm-hmm. As they continue to sign uh, ex- former WWE guys, and I know Brian and Punk were not established in in WWE, but they became megastars in WWE. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Worldwide megastars, and they became millionaires because I'm sure they got lots of money. All right, thanks to the league. <laughs> um, so and they don't, and they're notorious to, of saving their money too. So yeah, absolutely. it's not like Punk came back because he needs money. Yeah, and you know, you see how expensive meat is, and you know, Daniel being a you know vegetarian. I mean. You know how much money that own, guy saves? He's got his own garden. I mean, he doesn't even have you know? his own vegetables. He grows it in his backyard. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I was yes. going to take that joke further, but let's not. Um, okay. Where was I going with this? So, yeah. so Hiring a lot of ex WWE guys. bringing the former WWE guys, older guys. Paying them lots so, of money. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a money mark involved. As usual. Mm-hmm. So okay. Yeah. So now, except this money mark's it, doing it right. It's it's well, you know. <laughs> so the far. other the, the other money mark was also doing it right, you know, the first at the beginning. <laughs> but uh, okay, so each of you uh, give me you individually the three things uh, you can either. I'm gonna make it easy that they need. That AEW needs to do or should avoid to not end up like WCW and get bought up by WWE in 10 years. Fair. Mm. You said three things that they should do or shouldn't do? Right, so a combination. Just three things to do or should not do. In general, just three things. You can either come up in any combination, just three things they should or not do. Like, well, if you had some advice to give Tony and the gang of VPs. I would say, for the starters, fix the women's division. Um, they're slowly starting to, um, but there's still great strides to be made in the women's division. Um, hopefully, the um, what is it called? The joke, the the uh, god casino battle royal. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we see some new talent debut there. Um, mm-hmm. Or current talent kind of get get big shows and get elevated. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now you kinda have one you kinda essentially have a one person yeah, division. You have yeah. you have Brit and then everybody else. You know, yep. there needs to be multiple people, you know, on kind of at seen by fans. At her level, right? Yeah. So and right okay. now there isn't any. Um, so, yeah. so, so number one for Eric, build, fix the women's division. Okay. Yeah, strengthen the women's number, division. Number um, number two okay, for but, me would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they run the company, but we cannot focus on the elite all the time. That's what happened with the NWO. The NWO ran the show. On Dynamite, I saw the Elite at least six times. Um, they cannot be on TV. Well, that's because the you have to make room time. for the Young Bucks, their egos, and their super kicks. 
That alone right. is like six. But, but yeah, that's okay. not good. Like, eventually, in 96, everybody loved the NWO. By 1998, everybody was exhausted with the NWO. So, you cannot focus the whole show around one group of people, no matter yeah, well, if they run the company or not. You Well, here's the thing. You can, but you have to know when. You have to read the signs yeah. and know when to pull back. Exactly. You got to know, what, you know when not, to hold them and when to fold them. Yeah. That's and AEW, unfortunately, has not learned that you can't have the Elite on the show seven times in a two-hour program. Um, well, at this point, the fans still... Are are still really excited about? They still clamor for. Yeah, it. They, they, they get. So a you have you have to you have to. You're not one of them. You never have been. The majority of fans still care about these guys. Okay, but here's the thing: it like will, they it, love it, it them, will, but it will get the, the promotion to a point after them. Yeah, it will get to a point where maybe the fans start to get tired of seeing them, and that's where the company needs to re, you know. Continue to to read their fan base and understand and when it's time to yeah to pull the you know pull them back a little bit rein them in you know I think That's we're starting thing. to you see that to- with the Bucks though because when the Bucks beat Jurassic Express last week it deflated the crowd like they were like really they're still okay I guess um, they were genuinely unhappy um, because I. Well, to they be thought, fair, they are heels. You are not supposed yeah. to like when they win. But it's still the elite, or it's still Young Bucks, and they never really get booed. But when they won, the crowd was kind of not happy about it, um, yeah. which is good. That's what you want from a heel group. Like, you want yeah. your heels booed. But mm-hmm. um, that's not usually the case with Kenny, and that's not usually the case with the uh, the Bucks. Um, now I will say the good brothers get booed all the time, but that's because nobody really gives a shit. Um, yeah, yeah. But all right. So no, number okay, two so for Eric number two is, is less elite. Decrease the elite, or know when to decrease the, elite. or know when to I pull think, back. Yeah, yeah. Because I, well, I here's one of the big differences between you know the late '90s and now is. Uh, through social media, you can better keep an eye on uh, on your fan base. You can kind of skim it and view what they're liking, what they're not liking, you know. And yet again, of course, you can't take everything as true. You can't take and say that because Twitter says this, that means we got to change things. But you could you can get feedback faster mm-hmm. than merely just the live arena reactions is kind yeah. of arena reactions and ratings are kind of what WCW had to go on. So now they have additional tools to to gauge uh, fan attitudes about various things. So they mm-hmm. I think they they can better monitor. And you know they can be more cognizant of of what's working and what's not. Yeah. And I think my third thing would 
don't don't get too reliant on WWE. Like the the thing that All Elite had going for it up until really early this year uh, is they did not necessarily have a lot of WWE guys. And now, like looking at the roster, you've got Punk, you've got Andrade, you've got Malachi, you've got uh, Billy Gunn, Christian, like there are Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Yeah. All these guys uh, that became household names in professional wrestling. In, yeah. Through in WWE. WWE. Yeah. And and then you've you've still got guys like uh, Sting and um, you got Brian coming in, Arn Anderson, maybe you know maybe. you've got the Horseman, even you know? even yeah, Cody, you got the Horseman and FTR, yeah, Cody essentially was there, and yeah, as a lot of guys that you know, Moxley, fans consider, Jericho, fans Big consider Show. were misused or got raw deals Henry. or whatever, Jim, Jim Ross. Yeah, even Pat, Jim Ross. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Tony Schiavone. Yeah, and there's Pat, just now yeah. it's so many mm-hmm. WWE guys, and it's like, so what if WWE stops firing people? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that's not ever gonna happen. Yeah. But no. My, but yeah. that's yeah. my number three: is don't be so reliant on the WWE talent pool because there yeah. are indies that you can pull from you can pull from japan the forbidden door is open mm-hmm. use it use it all right danny okay uh, three um, things aew should or should not do okay um one of my big uh problems with aew that i've that we've already seen happen multiple times is how to keep momentum building how to keep it going okay they're they've brought in all these big guys and each time they bring somebody in it's to great fanfare you know it's a big deal this guy's here now we want to see him we're happy to see him we want to see what he can do we want to see him wrestle we want to see him be a star that we know he can be and then within a couple weeks, they just kind of blend into the rest of the roster. You know, Andrade, Black, um, Christian, you know, uh, he came in and then he's kind of doing some mid thing with Matt Hardy for a little bit. Then he beat Kenny, but now he's still kind of floating back in the middle. He's been more time at Impact than he is at All Elite. Like, they bring in these guys. It's a huge thing. I mean, they brought in Mark Henry and everybody was like, cool, Mark Henry's coming here. And then, oh, he's just a commentator? Oh, he's just going to be on the show? Okay, whatever. Like, they're they're great at getting the buzz and great at um, delivering the debut well. Mm-hmm. the The struggle is how do you keep that momentum going? Okay, that would be one of my things. Figure Malachi figure that the, formula. Figure that formula out. Malachi killed the um, uh, Andersons last night, so that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, but it essentially was a main event squash <laughs> match, though. And I get they're still doing something big with been. him, but you know they brought in lots of people, and it becomes a huge thing when they first come in, and then they just become another guy. Um, so that kind of to me is is mm-hmm. learn to 
keep momentum going when when you create a big buzz rather than waiting until the next the next thing to generate buzz again so in, so that in other words first saying, thing. so so to to, to paraphrase is basically don't do what WCW did with Bret Hart yeah nobody yeah. can fuck that up that they bad brought him again. in huge he was a main eventer and then he ultimately just became another middle of the run guy when he should have been you know, world champion, basically. Um, I am still dumbfounded this, with that because... To me, this number one also bleeds into number two. And to me, number two is um, their roster. To me, it seems enormous, okay? They have a lot of television, granted. You know, a lot of shows. Four nights. Half of it is just on YouTube, not on actual TV. And, you know, of course, being that it's just online, it probably gets significantly less eyes on it. Okay? But they have an enormous roster. An enormous roster of enormously talented people. Okay? Um, And they still find a way to... Use people continuously that aren't even parts of their roster, that aren't officially signed to them, mm-hmm. and use these people regularly, and use them in storylines. Um, it's to the point where it's almost difficult to stand out. It Because the roster is so big, you have so many people, so many people who could be main event level talent or our main event level talent that you don't really have enough time, enough story, uh, enough energy to give them everything they deserve and treat them the way they deserve to be treated. Like I said, with, you know, people come in and it's huge thing, but then they go, well, you know, we don't really have a spot for you at the top right now. We're not going to push you towards the belt. We're not going to push you any major feud. Here's something kind of in the middle, and you just kind of sink in and kind of get lost in, in into the shuffle as just another guy. You know, That's the thing that, 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 that fans thought was special, you know, just becomes another thing. You know, I mean, it took, it took a long time for Miro to get out of that. He came in, and it was like a huge thing when he first came in, and they gave him something dumb, and he sat on that for a year before mm-hmm. he was finally given something to showcase himself as fans thought he should have been from the get-go. Um, you know, and even now, he has the secondary title. He's doing good with it, you know. Um, but they there's still a lot of people that have a hard time sticking out from the pack. Um, and it's not because, you know, they're not diverse, they're not talented, they're not, uh, you know, bringing something original to the table. The problem is everybody is. When everybody's doing something, it, it's it's hard to identify anybody. Got um, a lot of egos to feed. Mm-hmm. That's part of it, but there's also a lot. You know, the fans want to see a lot from people, and but there's just not there's honestly just not enough time and space on the card and energy to go around to 
to properly utilize everybody. And you're spending a lot of money on people. So, you know, you could potentially find yourself with a huge bankroll and ultimately you, you only really use 10 wrestlers on the regular. And that was one of the things that WCW had. They paid, you know, these guys, you know, the, the main event guys from WWF, enormous amounts of money to jump to WCW. And, you know, as part of their conditions, these guys had, you know, a lot of these guys had all these weird clauses in there of things they could do and couldn't do in order to sway them beyond just a large amount of money. So, you know, you had long periods of time where these guys who, who were making huge amounts of money, they could sit at home and still make huge amounts of money. You know, you had Macho Man and Hogan and the Outsiders and Goldberg and Sting and Flair all making huge amounts of money. But there, but you start to get to where there's large points of time to where you're not utilizing these guys. And, you know, part of it is you're trying to, you know, create new talent, etc. I get that. But you're still just throwing money away because you're throwing huge amounts of money at something that you're not getting a return on. So that is part of my fear with All Elite is that they could find themselves in that boat somewhere down the line. Paying large amounts of money and not being able to to get their money's worth out of everybody. Um and that became one of the big problems for WCW is that they were just hemorrhaging money. They had too much going out, not enough coming in. Um, you know, and of course, all elites not there yet. But I think the size of their roster is part of an indication of that. And I'm not saying you need to fire people, but you might have to fire people. You might have to, you know, some of these people that you're bringing in just to use for job matches or even build minor storylines around. You might just have to, you know, use people you're already paying for that um, because also they're apparently paying really well for these job guys, you know, so that if not, yeah. not only are these indie guys getting, you know, the rub as being part of all elite, you know, they can, I hear they they can giving add some to chili their resume. The dogs. There you go. Yeah, they can add this. They can add, you know, AEW star to their resume, um, you know, for appearing on the YouTube show, but they're getting greater paydays than they would anywhere else. And, um, you know, yes, Tony Khan has a shit ton of money. And, you know, yes, Ted Turner had a shit ton of money. But eventually, you know, you're going to start looking at what I'm paying well, versus what I'm receiving. Is it, Tony, is it really Tony Khan or is it his dad? So, Regardless. Just, it it I, wasn't eventually Ted Turner. It was AOL Time Warner. But, you know, I'm I'm just saying as an example. Yeah. Um, be careful, you know, about the size of your roster and being able to properly utilize everybody. All right. And number three. So that number three, um, uh, to me, cause number one, number two, we're, we're very much tied together. Uh, Hmm. Number three is a little bit harder. I don't have anything off the top of my head. Um. Uh, well, I give you some time to some more time to think. You, you need to. I I can share some mine. My my okay. mine are kind yeah. of similar to, to your guys. You know? Okay. Um. Uh. I, in in 
thinking about the stars of AEW, uh, of course, if, yeah, they brought all these names. It's like, you know, uh, build your and focus on your young talent. Now, they're doing that right now. Jericho putting over MJF. Hopefully, we'll see what happens in all out. Um, you know, staying working with Darby, you know, Kenny working, you know, with Paige, uh, and you know what they're doing with Jungle Boy. Uh, so they're they're doing this, but they need to keep doing it. They need to continue to do that in two years, in five years, in ten years, because let's 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 uh, be honest. All these wrestlers are getting along. All these wrestlers are getting paid, and they're being, you know, being told sweet everything's by Tony Khan backstage. You know, it's all hugs, kisses, and ice cream bars right now, uh, all over uh, every every locker room in AEW. However, the wrestlers still have egos, and wrestlers still worry about their spots. All right, and yeah, you know, one thing that really hurt OCW was the the veterans, you know, would not give up their spots and, yeah. you know, bury the young talent at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, so. Even when they tried the whole thing with the new breed and all that, it was to the point where the young talent had been so buried for so long, like the fans weren't ready to accept them, even when they did try. Right. I mean, and, and an example of a sign that, oh, could this be happening in AW? Look at the the feud between, um, uh, oh, what's MJF's group called? I don't even remember. Pinnacle. Yeah, the Pinnacle. Oh, my gosh, this is what they called it. Um, and Jericho's group, which I also can't remember right now. You know, their feud should... They, they, their feet should have ended in that guts and glory match or whatever it was called, Blood right? And, and they, but then they had another match and another match look, and then five more matches. Was fine, okay. I mean, like Not the, really. the first one was better. Um, so I didn't watch uh, the first one. Um, yeah. So I'm just like. You know, the signs are there, but, you know, and now, you know, you, you got Jericho putting his career on the line against MJF. You know, I don't know, questionable. Uh, I, I was fine with MJF. He won and, be, you know, move on. So, anyways, yeah, build your young stars. Don't bury them. Um. I, you know, one of the worst same as what Danny kind of had about the roster. It, it's such a big roster. It's kind of like you have to have, I mean, they're going to have, they, if they continue to grow the roster the way they're doing, they are going to need YouTube TV shows every day. They're going to have Dark, Dark Elevation, After Dark, Before Dark, After Sunrise, you know, in Bright Daylight. Under the sun, under the moon, you could you name them. They're gonna need them all because they just have too much, too much talent. And you know, I, look, that WWE had too much talent, 
And a lot of people complain about all this talent not being used. So they let him go. You know, I agree with Danny. And at they some bitched point. at him for letting them go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, like Danny said, you know, it's like, you know, they might eventually have to, because they just can't keep, not only everybody they have signed, but then all the people that they bring that are not signed. I say, like, you know, at some point, are we going to see, uh, you know, CM Punk wrestle on on the um, on the YouTube. I mean, that would that would be where he says this that this that work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's where you like you know you put the veteran ego like nah, bro. But you make it's an interesting point. So when it comes time for AEW, because I think it I think it's coming uh, to reevaluate their contracts. Does the internet collectively shit their bricks if they fire somebody like they do with WWE, or does AEW get a pass? I think there will be some people who give them a pass, and you know, but I I think they will still receive a fair amount of of shit for it. Um, fair, you know, of course. Fair point. The, I think you know part of it will be from the AEW fans, and the other part will literally be like WWE fans, you know, going, "Oh, you got so mad at WWE when they did the same thing. Now we're going to get mad at AEW cuz they're doing it now, you know. It's their turn for us to get mad at them, you know. Like I think some fans will literally see that as a as revenge. Um just being dicks essentially. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, they're just tired. Yeah, just being dicks back and forth. I think I have my number three now. If if I can All jump right. in and give that. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Give us your number okay. three before you forget. My number three is leave WWE out your mouth. Woo! Say it okay. louder. Louder for the people in the back. Leave Say WWE out your get, mouth. Get, okay. get the WWE um, out. Yeah, get the get the WWE out. Yeah. Um I get that there, to an extent, that the fans that that fans want that. Okay, you know, the, you have the, their core group is fans who, you know, had issues with WWE for various reasons. Okay, and they were clamoring for something, you know, quote unquote different that they could latch on to, and they latched on to the elite. Um. And they also read, you know, that popularity. Well, yes, eventually that popularity of the elite led for them to be able to create their own wrestling promotion. Okay. Um, Hey, man, that's the promotion that's now right in CM Punk's uh, paycheck. So, show you, show some, put some respect on that name. Um, but so there are going to be fans who, who want to hear. Them sit here and and verbally shit on WWE. Say, oh, we're better than WWE because of this. We don't do such and such like WWE did. Or, oh, remember what? Remember when WWE did this stupid thing? And you know all that. Um, at some point, you have to just stop. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the things that WWE does is they treat themselves like. Like, they're the only place that matters, okay? They barely recognize what anybody else does outside of the realm of world wrestling entertainment. And that has changed and loosened a bit 
over time. There was a time somebody would come from WCW. Fans have been watching this guy in WCW for years, and WWE would treat him like he was a rookie. Okay, they would yep. literally say, "Look at this guy. He came out of nowhere. He's amazing now." Okay, fans are like, "We've been watching this. We've been watching this guy for five years. Like we know." Okay, um, and WCW, you know, to an extent. Would sit here and say, you know, when Bret Hart came in, he's a five-time former world champion. They would acknowledge all of Ric Flair's championships, despite you know a lot of them being outside the realm of the NWA WCW pipeline. Okay, um, but they wouldn't sit here and say he's a former WWF champion and WWF didn't know what to do with him, and now he's with us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I like I said, I understand. That the fans want to feel like they're part of a revolution against the evil corporate machine. Okay, I'm a you know at, at heart, I, I I am a punk rocker. You know, I grew up that way. There's still a lot of this spirit in me that says that you know, yes, the system it's big and it's bad and it needs to change, and you know. Once changes start to be made, the world can be a better place. Okay, I get that. I have I have that fire inside me. Okay, I understand it. So but, that fire still burns. Always. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Now, but the thing is, if you're going to continually reference them as the big bad evil machine. You're basically giving them power over you, stating that they're bigger and stronger and better than you and that you are striving to be on their level or beat them. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Mm-mm. Okay? Create your, own I- create your own identity. Create your own narrative and your own universe. And focus on being the best at doing that. If you are the, if you create yourself and treat yourself like you are the best, fans eventually will believe it. Okay, every, everywhere, I swear, everywhere that has wrestling understands the WWE. They follow the WWE. They know what's going on in WWE. Ninety-five percent of them reference WWE or will. Take shots at WWE from time to time. To me, the most refreshing thing about Ring of Honor is they do not. Okay, they don't doesn't care about WWE. If, does it does not matter if you were there or not? They just don't. They, they are not there to bash it. Nope. They're not there to say, "Oh, he was underutilized in the past," and even make reference to it. They literally just say, "He's great. He's here." We're lucky to have him. Let him show you what he can do. Mm-hmm. Okay? Create your own identity. Create your own narrative. Create your own universe in which, while watching you, you're all the fans think about. Okay? I like that. I like that a lot. That's that's my big thing. Is, is it's okay to do now. Yes, you are the quote-unquote rebel promotion, you know? But eventually you have to stop Do telling people thing. stop telling people you're second best. Yeah. You have to literally just say, you know, this is the place. 
where the best in the world come to wrestle to do what they do best. And the we're end. here to show that. And we're here to show that to you. Exactly. And that's all you have to say. Because, like, even last night, like, in the middle of the Omega um, Christian, like, stare down, confrontation, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Christian starts getting the best of Kenny. And Kenny's like, oh, you think you know me? You think you know me? You think you know me? And I'm like, yeah. come on, man. And then fans this are so supposed stupid. to be like, oh, oh, I know where that's he's, from. I know where that's he's from. talking he's about fun. Edge. His his former partner Edge, who's who's a, who's fighting for the world title, or you know whatever, like yeah, his brother it's, Edge, that's no longer yeah. his brother. Yeah, they were brothers, and then they were just friends, and yeah, um, yeah. So I like I said, I get there's a lot of fans that dig that, and that's kind of what the elite has done. They've always done, you know. That's they, you know, they, you know, made the Bullet Club. Not just something that was Bullet Club and unique, but they made it the parody of the NWO. And yeah. they made it, you know, we're going to make references, it's going to be funny, and then they made, you know, their online show where it's just this whole meta world of, you know, making fun of wrestling within wrestling for the sake of wrestling. And the that's what the they, yeah, they built a lot of their popularity on that. And like I said, I understand that. But eventually, to me, that doesn't seem like a great long-term strategy because it can, you know, it hasn't worked for Impact. Okay, nope. Impact's done it for, for years, and it hasn't helped them grow. It turned a lot of fans away from them because they don't yep. want to hear. They want you to focus on what you have and treat what you have as the be- the absolute best and don't say oh yeah we're here but you know there's these other guys who you know who make more money than us and more people watch and maybe they're not as cool they're more mainstream and we're the cool guys cuz we do things wrong. like don't just don't say you're the best focus on being the best you're the best you're the best do that. Mm. around nothing's ever going to bring you down Unless you constantly try to tear down WWE to build yourself up. Yeah. Because we've already seen that fail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let, let me keep my, my number number three a little bit simpler. Um, okay. That commentary booth. Woo! Mm-hmm. All 42 of them. Delete. Delete. Just give me a play-by-play. And give me, uh, you know, one color commentator. Uh, just get rid of everybody else. I mean, literally yeah, everybody. I feel, I feel like they, they, they need two nine foot long tables to feed the home commentary because not only is, is it like four or five people, but they're like big. They're all big. Yeah. And wide. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Uh, it, it's just too much. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I never like the three man booth. Um, yeah, the three man booth can be know. problematic because, especially in WWE, you have you have one guy who's good guy and one guy who's bad guy, and they argue constantly. Mm-hmm. And then you've got kind of got the straight man. That's not entertaining. Yeah, then you have the straight man who's trying to keep him on track. Um, right. And to me, that's never been entertaining. No, never. And. Uh, yeah, no, get get rid of it. Be, let's be done with it. 
Uh, I am ready for change. As the one great uh, Owen Hart says, enough is enough and it's time for a change. Let it die a very quick death. And that's why I like SmackDown's commentary team so much. Oh, it's fantastic. Because it's just Cole and McAfee, and they're just... Well, and that was just Cole, because McAfee has COVID. Uh, Yeah. But, yeah, I'm like... I'm like... (laughs) I'm I'm loving SmackDown. I'm sorry, Uh, y'all. My dog just wiped out. McAfee to me is is can be a goofball at times. Okay, when he gets on, when he literally stands on the desk to dance and all okay, that, I shit love that. And sits here and screams about how great somebody is. To me, that's he's being a little too extra. But the you two don't man dance booth, the Nakamura's theme. Not while I have a job to do. If my job he's still is doing to his sit job and listen, he's being a mark. Is what he's being. He's not doing his job. He's still commentating on how awesome Nakamura's entrance is. Okay. Regardless, he does a great job. Um, But yeah. It's just like two buddies sitting there watching wrestling together. That's what it feels like. And that's a breath of fresh air. Well, uh, we'll see see how you feel on Friday night. well, we'll see how I feel on Friday night about a lot of different things. Yeah, this, this, you know, I mean, because it's gonna to tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be different. I mean, uh, we wish you yeah. well, Pat. Uh, you know, from yeah, one Pat to, to another, uh, get get well soon. Um, but yeah, uh, just just don't give me. Uh, I mean, they probably just remove Corey Graves, uh, uh, have him do double duty. He's done it before, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's be done with it. I, I just, just give me two people. Uh, look, we know, uh, we need Excalibur because we need somebody who actually knows all this talent, right? Who knows the yeah. history of this talent, knows yeah. their moves. Yeah. Give me Shivani and Excalibur and I'd be okay. Yeah, I mean, you also want somebody who will not call your tal- your, your brand WWE. So yeah, the um, wrong name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did want to also make make a point that you 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 were talking with your third uh, third uh, advice there uh, is that you know being that you know everybody treats uh, you know uh, AEW like that punk rock you know indie that's gonna over you know battle. The big back titans, right? But mm-hmm. everybody seems to forget that the the AEW is backed by somebody who's probably richer than Vincent Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not this this <laughs> DIY corporate entity. Literally, exactly. A guy walked in with a fuck ton of money, started throwing it around, and made a wrestling company, a huge wrestling company with television. With stadium seating overnight, literally overnight, there was no grass. I mean, they literally owned we're a doing stadium. Big, we're doing, yeah, they owned a stadium that they ran their shows at. Yeah, there. That's not, uh, yeah, that's not really a punk rock attitude. He didn't start at the bottom, working his way up. You know, literally, you know, eating cup, sitting there in his apartment with nothing and eating no. cup of noodles because he's throwing all the money he has into the business to grow it. Like literally, no. he walked in and. 
made a top level wrestling company in a Looked matter. Looked at Cody of and was like, "Hey, do you need ten million dollars? Here you go. Yeah, here. Will you be you my Valentine? Friends? Yeah, you got some friends that I can give a shit ton of money to. Also, cool. Oh, cool. Here you Bring go. Come on. Wait, we don't have to tour right now because I have my own venue. I got my own yeah, stadium, and we already have national television and sponsors, and you and know, there's already yeah. a production crew here. So, yeah, we mm-hmm. don't even have any overhead. Yep. That's punk rock. And you got yeah. a wrestling school tied into it, to where you constantly have a stream of people, you mm-hmm. know, looking to get looking to get big paydays, willing to do whatever you need them to do in order just to get their face out there. Yeah. Bam, bam. Thank you, man. Uh, punk rock. Yeah. So. Well, let me say again. Continue. You know, we 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 love to joke, but yeah, they, there's a lot of things they must do right. I think they can do it. It's just that you know, time has shown us that you know, people, wrestlers, when they get concerned about their spots and their place, things can you know, can change quickly. Uh, but let's change. Tights quickly, and on a side note, um, you guys ever watch uh, VH1 that's real life? No, can't um, say that I, I, I do. I probably have watched it, so, you know, so that's the real days. life. Is they, they put all these uh, you know, celebrities like C and D list celebrities in a house, yeah, together. like for, former, yeah, people who are former glory yeah. kind of things, yeah. Right. If you if you can and they just, just sit in like, the house and listen to For example, right, just for example, the uh, the first season uh, of the Surreal Life had uh, MC Hammer, uh, mm-hmm. Corey Feldman, um, and uh, a few a few other people who I can't remember. We we saw Eric Estrada, Ron Jeremy, Vanilla Ice on the second season. Um, Eric Estrada, Flavor that's Flay. the guy that was Umaga's. Um, no, valet, isn't it? That was that was Jorge Armando uh, Estrada. Tammy famous mm-hmm. There was uh, uh, was uh, the wife of an uh, evangelical guy who who's candle. Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we we got we got Dave Coulier, Flavor Flay, Jordan Knight, Bridget Nielsen. In season three, yeah, so uh, people who so were so popular at yeah. one time, long so ago. supposedly, I've heard a rumor that they're talking mm-hmm. about bringing back the surreal life. Okay, I, I, I mean, I, I haven't really how heard how does how does this tie into professional wrestling? Well, here we Are go. You getting there? Okay, <laughs> so. You know, well, they did have Dennis Rodman on the show, so I mean, you know, the best Rodman, member of the NWO, WCW superstar, yeah. because um, NWO is for life, yeah. So they they announced they they are rebooting the the show, uh, and this is this is the cast: uh, Stormy Daniels, Who? Dennis Rodman, okay, Rodzilla, August. Yeah. August Alsina, who I have no clue. Tamar Braxton. Um, okay. Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Cole. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Manny Mua. 
and CJ Perry. Okay, so so you brought up all this because Dennis Rodman's on the show and he wrestled like three matches. And Lana. Oh, CJ Perry, Perry Lana. And Lana. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she was on Total Divas. She wants more reality fame. Gotcha. Lana's going to live in a house with Dennis Rodman, you know, Frankie Munoz, Kim Coles, and Stormy Daniels. Uh, I think Stormy Daniels wasn't she one of the people that was um, that that uh, that was paid off by a former president? Um, I think maybe. Sounds familiar. Oh, she's a porn star. That's why you know her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're gonna live in a house together okay. and do stuff. That should be uh, interesting. But yeah, quick segue. Uh, speaking of Lana, WWE, I had a big weekend last weekend. Um, their biggest show of the summer and their biggest SummerSlam, I think, almost ever. Um, yeah, I highest gross SummerSlam ever. Uh, well, they had like over 50,000 people in Alliance Stadium. You said Alliance? Uh, it doesn't matter. Allegiant. It's uh, yeah. There you go. In Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, they took a gamble and it paid off. Uh, and this is also, uh, I think, the longest uh, pay per view since pre COVID. God, this we went so what? Fucking long. <laughs> we we went past midnight. We went like six, seven hours. I can't remember. They had a pre show. Five hours with the pre show. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't even think WrestleMania was that long. No, because uh, it was split up combined. in two nights. I, oh, even no, yeah, combined, it was. It definitely. Um, was. Well, we gotta exclude the you know, uh, Rain Gate. You know. Well, I mean, both shows were three hours long, so combine them, it was six. Um, but yeah, so SummerSlam uh, happened this past Saturday, also a Saturday. Uh, we had 11 matches, including the kickoff show. Um, so let, I'm just going to run through this uh, because, you know, we, we don't want to get caught off at 12 o'clock. I'm going to run through this, and then I'll come up and we'll, we'll highlight some of the matches here. Um, and we're going to spend probably a, a, a lengthy discussion on on the shortest match of the night. Oh, yeah. Uh, but here we go. Big E defeated poor Baron Corbin in the kickoff show. Uh, RK Bro defeated AJ Styles and Omos to become <clears throat> the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Alexa Bliss defeated Eva Marie, uh, who, who's now drewed up less. Um Damian Priest defeated Sheamus to become the United States Championship. Champion, I mean. Um, I wish he was the United States Championship and we would never have to see him. I mean, he might as well be a championship because the only way that he can be relevant is by getting carried. Um, let's see. The Usos defeated uh, the Mysterios uh, to retain the SmackDown Tactic Championships. Oh, yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch returned uh, to the WWE 
uh, and made a huge splash by becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion by defeating Bianca Belair in 26 seconds. Drew McIntyre defeated Jinder Mahal. Charlotte Flair defeated Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley to become the new Raw Women's Champion, 12-time Women's Champion. Um, Edge defeated Seth Rollins. Great match. Fantastic. Bobby Lashley defeated uh, Goldberg uh, by referee stoppage. Goldberg apparently got injured, and then Bobby Lashley beat up Goldberg's son. Fuck that um, kid. Robert Reigns uh, defeats John Cena, uh, you know, continuing to ask to be acknowledged when he was confronted by Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman may have peed on himself a little. Um, there was some brown in them pants. I saw it. Yeah, he may. Yeah, he may have even pooped. I wouldn't have blamed him. He um, shit himself. You know, I feel bad for Paul right now because. He's uh, literally between a, a rock and a hard place. Um, a Brock. A Brock and a hard place. Oh, yeah, there we go. Place. Oh, man. I, how did I miss that good pun? Oh. It's okay. Me and Danger Anyways. got you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, and, yeah. And John Cena, in a tweet, thanked the universe and went back to Hollywood. And bid them adieu. So, Patrick. Justify it. Go ahead. Go ahead and justify it. Listen. You said, you said on you said on Twitter when, that you when the when the man comes around, there's no stopping her. We kill listen, everybody's okay. push. Listen, okay. I look. Sure, I, I understand everybody's point, but everybody's overthinking it. Everybody's getting too upset. Okay. I, I've got. I've, I've done my homework. I've got, you know, you know. I, I'm no attorney, but I ha- I have, you know, all of my uh, evidence uh, to present to you guys. Becky Lynch came in and unadvertised un- made a big splash. I mean, obviously, no offense to CM Punk, but you know they did have twice the crowd. He biggest reaction of the of the weekend here. Uh, She's back. We've been wanting her back. And she made a statement. She, look, uh, the rock bottom or whatever they're calling it. Um, the man slam. Yeah, right? So the uh, man slam, that, uh, that should be cool. Uh, uh, you know, I, what, was it a forearm? And then, yeah, just the it forearm. It was a punch. It was a fucking punch? right-handed punch. Okay. Yeah, she just Even, punched her right in the mouth. Look. Bell grab the move, punch, and, and then boom, you slam one, two, three. Nobody could have been prepared for the man. Bianca Belair, you know, I mean, yes, she was a champion. She had her moment at WrestleMania. And she's been a great champion, uh, fending off Bailey and dealing with Sasha. But the man is another, it's another beast. All right, and uh, Becky needed to come in and make a statement. She's back. She's free to reclaim one of the belts that she didn't lose, technically. And the no, th- she like, lost the SmackDown Women's Championship clean. All right. Well, anyways, she reclaimed a title she lost. 
right? Now, listen. Bianca Belair, sure. Was it crappy that she had to do the job in 26 seconds? Absolutely. At least she didn't have to do the exhibit A. At least she didn't have to do the job in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. Okay? Did Daniel Bryan suffer because he lost in 18 seconds? Yes. He he went on to become a huge superstar two or three or four or five times WWE champion. It took a long time yeah. to get him. And it only to took him three though. more years to get him there, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. It, it took a little well, it took a little bit of hugging, first of all. After uh, Brian was already established for years. It suddenly, but in, in the early the only reason he got the title was because the you know he had the the thingy that got him to beat the big show. Anyway, and what's that thing he called? The thingy thing. Um. Anyways, eighteen seconds for Brian. He recovered. Bianca Belair is not going to suffer from this. Look, Bianca Belair is going to come on Saturday and the Saturday Friday night on SmackDown on Fox. She's going to confront the man. And then you're gonna get them to have a, you know, a, a great feud. I think you they they can they can work together great. They can you know build on the because SummerSlam sold itself. Okay, it's the biggest show of the summer, uh, the summer version of WrestleMania. You uh, you don't need to sell it now. You do need to sell other pay per views. All right, so, so- sure, twenty six seconds, fine. Then we can have a great, fun advertised match in the future in another pay per view that may need it more. So why do I care if she just lost in twenty six seconds? Why do I care that they're going to have a feud? Well, that's that's that's. Their I job have no reason. I have no care. reason to believe that that Bianca Belair can beat Bailey or uh, Becky. B- Bianca Belair was surprised, was shocked, and was sucker punched. And wasn't expecting, okay? She was prepared for Sasha, and she had to deal with Carmella, and out of nowhere, the man comes around. Uh, the man came, the man saw, the man took it, and the man left. Yeah, Bianca you didn't do Belair. a very good job convincing me there. Bianca Belair, oh, I don't need to convince you, you know? But I'm stating my facts. Bianca Belair is no way hurt by by losing to Becky Lynch, all right? The biggest, uh, you know, wo- woman su- wrestler, superstar in the entire planet. So, right now, 20 seconds, maybe it was 20 seconds too many. I don't, it doesn't really matter, man. Now, it is their job on Friday night, to make us care and to show us, okay, well, this is why an actual advertised match between Lynch and Belair is something that you want to stick around and see. All right? Now it's their job to do storytelling. And, yeah. I rest my case. What do you guys think about Lynch versus Belair? It was bullshit. I I understand what you're trying to say in mm-hmm. your defense statement. 
yes, she it was uh, an opponent she was not prepared for because up until pretty much the start, almost the start of the show, they were still advertising Sasha Banks as going to compete. So Bianca was essentially, you know, mentally, physically preparing for Sasha Banks, an opponent she was familiar with, etc., etc. Boom, it's a new opponent. Somebody she's never gotten in the ring with. Okay, somebody who's been gone for a long time. So to an extent, you're not really sure what to expect when that person comes walking down the aisle. You know what they've done in the past. You've seen it. But they've been gone away so long, you don't know what new techniques or tactics they might have at their disposal. Okay? Yes, they were staring down, talking trash. Becky took a cheap shot that stunned Bianca. Not just physically, but mentally. A, what, what the hell did she just hit me for? B, ow, that hurt. And then you're, you're, before you can recover from that, you're slammed and pinned. I understand that. But to me, it still does more damage to Bianca than, than is necessary. Um, it still could have been a short match. You know, but um, to have Bianca as a new star, someone who they've been working hard to try and establish as a top caliber, top tier talent, only to have a real top tier talent come and treat her like a piece of garbage. Um, to me, it does a lot of damage because it's not we're we have to think out like most fans will do and have been doing outside of the kayfabe sense of all the things that you just mentioned, because fans see it from a the company doesn't want Bianca. They don't have faith in Bianca. They don't trust Bianca. Um you know, they're they're going to tell us that Bianca isn't worthy to be in the presence of true main eventers. And people are going to have a hard time being unconvinced of those those things. Um and the other part of it that I don't like is your you, essentially your most popular star of the last several years. Fans have been wanting her to come back, clamoring for her to come back. They want to see her. They love her. They love her matches. They love her attitude, the way she talks, the things she does. And now you're going to try to make them not like her? Partly due to her underhanded tactics. She essentially kind of she sucker punched and jumped Bianca basically. Um, and then also they're not liking the booking. They want to see Becky compete. They want to see her compete against top level talent. They want to see her in a competitive match. Um, 
you know, the best part of Becky, the things that made fans love her so much was that she was the fighter. She fought from underneath. She fought all the things that Bianca had been fighting. The the people telling you you can't be anything. People telling you you're not going to be this. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. You keep working hard. You keep fighting. Sometimes you got to play by your own rules to get there, and you get there. Okay? And now they're going to tell all the fans that they're not supposed to like Becky. And part of that is going to be story. The other part is going to be we don't like what you're what you are doing to Becky and how you're showing us Becky. Um to me that doesn't really make a lot of sense because I still, you know, there yet again she was so popular. Fans were buying her merch. It was it was literally just a t-shirt that said the man on it. Nothing else. That's about as ordinary as you can get, okay? Nothing special about that shirt whatsoever, but it was because of who it represented. And what it represented to the people. Uh, you know, what she represented to the people. And now you're taking that away from them. And, you know, that's the other thing I don't like about it. Yeah, it, it because in 26 seconds, they possibly destroyed two things that were working out very, very well. They could have continued to work out very, very well if the situation was handled differently. And it's going to take time to repair these things when they didn't need to damage them in the first place. There's, there's a, I mean, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but I don't think anything's damaged. I mean, look, she came, she saw, she conquered. And now we're just going to see what the fallout is. See, this is why they, they get you and they, they 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 do this. Now they make you question life and the meaning of life and what it's all everything about. Uh, now you got to watch Friday night. Stay tuned and see what happens. Becky, why did you do Bianca this way? And, you know, Bianca, what are you going to do about it? I think that makes it that could make it for a compelling story if they do it right. Now listen, they can A come give us a good story, build a good match, have a great match, and move on. Or they could you know screw up the writing you know, not be clear about the messaging, basically forget that this ever happened, ignore it, let it be meaningless, and move on. And then it could suck. So there, there is room for both. It could be a really good thing, and it could be a really bad thing. The action itself is not bad. Now it's how you del- how you follow through that will determine whether or not this 26-second match was worth it or not. Because if if done right, you know, I think Bianca Belair come out a much bigger star. But only time will tell. We need to stay tuned and watch tomorrow night and see what happens. And let's listen to Becky talk to us for the first time and see where her mind is at. You know, and let's just go from there. I think 
it's too early to tell. Okay? I understand that it's sucky to have Belair losing 26 seconds, but at least she didn't lose to Carmella. Silver lining? No. Could have been a lot worse. So basically, just, you just advocated just for the same it, reason that we all hate Charlotte. Because it's Becky Lynch, it's okay that she beat her in 26 seconds. So yes. because she's Charlotte, it's okay that she wins the title every five minutes. Well, I do get tired of that. You can't have it both ways. It can only be one or the other. You know, the, 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 you know it, it doesn't have to be that. That's why... There's always blur lines in pro wrestling. It's it's not all black and white. There's there's a lot. There's a and I hate gray areas. All right, I'm, I, but in wrestling, they make you question everything. That's that's a part of what I love about professional wrestling is when somebody's telling a story and I think I may have it figured out, but then they do something that just makes you like. I thought I knew, I, I, you know, and it gets me, and it captivates me, it gets me, you know, messes with my emotions, right? You knew CM Punk was coming, you were ready for it, and but, but CM look Punk didn't beat Kenny Omega in twenty six seconds. You would have liked wish. that if he didn't, though. You yeah, I would have liked that. Yeah, but... you wish. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think I think I look if they screw up the story, I, I will agree that the twenty six second loss, you know, was a mistake. But right now, I, I'm sticking with let's. It, it's it's not that bad right now, and let's move on and see what happens. But so you used you used the Brian losing in eighteen seconds as a reference. What yes. happened the rest of the night at WrestleMania 28? The entire crowd was chanting for Daniel Bryan for the entire rest of the night into Monday Night Raw, into that entire year to effectively give us the yes movement. People okay. have already shit on this. Like, they don't, like, no, it's not, it, this didn't get Bianca over. It didn't, it didn't do what I feel like they were trying to do, which I don't even know if they knew what they were trying to do. Um, I don't, I don't think the two are comparable because essentially losing in 18 seconds made Daniel Bryan as, as weird as that sounds that put him over in the eyes of everybody. Like it was one of those WrestleMania moments where, you know, most of the crowd at mania is, is it's a smarky crowd. They all knew Bryan from ring of honor from New Japan, wherever they knew him from. But, like, it, I, I don't think that the two scenarios are comparable outside of the fact that one lost in, like, in, in, they lost in seconds. But I, I don't think that you can really compare the two. It, look, it took, it took Sheamus one move. It took Lynch two moves to defeat Bianca Belair. I mean... That's why it took 26 seconds instead of 18 seconds. Yeah, see, 
she she was tougher. Tougher point? No. Time will tell if this was a good idea or not. It wasn't. There was no reason to do it. Um, it did nothing but hurt somebody that you've been pushing since January. All right. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, my match of the night, Edge and Seth Rollins, by, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Handedly. This, it was the only this, good this match. Was, this was fantastic. I thought uh, the storyline going into this match was really good. Uh, both Rollins and Edge doing great job with promos on Friday night. Um, you know, uh, which is, I mean, the way the whole thing started, you know, with Rollins being ed- jealous of Edge trying to take his spot and, you know, getting his way to the championship. And now here going back, and like the whole thing with like the brood, you know, thing. Uh, just all, all cool and everything. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I just the buildup was great, the match was great. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to utilize Edge outside of the, the you know, just uh, Roman Reigns matches and whatnot, but uh, I like this. Um, I really do, and I look forward to see what happens next with Edge. Because he's gonna maximize the time that he can wrestle. Because you know he gets, you know, I feel like every time he gets injured, he's gone for at least a year. Yeah, yeah. the The older you get, it the longer it takes to uh, bounce back. And and he knows he's probably only there for a finite level of time. You know, whether I mean, he's probably he's he's you know he's he's trying to do it as smartly as possible so that he doesn't, you know end up having to leave because of injury. He's probably got somewhere in his head, you know, approximately how long he wants to do it for a handful of specific things he wants to do. And once he does those, he's done, you know, there, there's some kind of timetable and he knows that, you know, he's not there for a long time. So he wants to make an impact, not only to, you know, no, that's Christian. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, not only to define his own legacy even further, but to uh, work to help establish the WWE once he's gone as well. I mean, it was clearly the best match of the night. It was the only good match of the night. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the ma- most of the other matches were just kind of. I mean, they were there. Nothing, nothing really to write home about. Nothing really substantial. Nope. Loved the brood entrance. Absolutely loved it. Loved those kind of callbacks when they're done properly, and that was done properly because it felt like Edge had to go to a to a darker place to beat Seth Rollins, and that darker place was the brood. So, a plus. Did you guys hear about Gangrel getting a shot at AEW? Um, supposedly he was gonna be uh, wrestling at AEW, and they were, and he was gonna have his own brood esque entrance and all. And apparently, all those plans have been scratched now since 
uh, Edge did his thing uh, mm. with that bruise. So uh, mm. now I sounds had, like I an had, excuse. Had, had not heard of Gangrel coming in with a new brood for All Elite Wrestling. No, no. So, so yeah. Apparently, Edge felt really bad. He didn't mean to. He didn't know that he's gonna ruin Gangrel's, you know, shot. But whatever. All right, Roman Reigns defeated John Cena. Uh, to win the to retain the beat Universal him, Championship, beat him so bad he ran him out of WWE. Uh, yeah, <laughs> send him packing, send him back to Hollywood with his cousin. Uh, yeah, acknowledge the tribal chief. He he he's still the champion, but then we heard that music. So mm. out come Brock mm. Lesnar, mm. long mm. hair and all. Mm. You know, mm. did like he, he get just, bigger? Look, That's look, what looks, most people are saying. He he, looks he, he looks like he cut larger. He, he looks like he cut down a tree with his hands and then ate a bear. So he was standing um, at the edge of a mountain and chopped it down with the edge of his pretty hand? much. So he's uh, a voodoo child. So he came out. Paul Heyman pooped. And it looks like we're gonna get Brock Lesnar, babyface Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns. I'm here for it. I actually loved the the music hit and the first thing, like the whole the the whole setup was great. But the first thing that happened is Roman didn't look to the entrance way; he looked right at Paul Heyman, like, and he was oh, like, What's is this? this what we're gonna do? Because yeah. you know. Every every guy that Heyman's ever been with, Heyman's turned on him in some way, shape, or form. Punk, he turned on for Lesnar. Uh, Big Show, he turned on for Lesnar. Lesnar, he turned on for Big Show. Like Axel, Axel, RVD. The list goes on and on. Um, and then you know, Heyman's looking at Brock or not Brock. He's looking at Roman. Like I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh my god, I had no idea. And then, you know, they get out of the ring. And as they're walking up, Roman looks at Paul and just goes, did you know about this? It just, I, I, li- I like it. I like the mm-hmm. potential with this story. It's different from the Brock Romans that we've gotten in the past. Um, not only just in terms of role reversal, but this seems to actually have some kind of story to it instead of, "I big man, you big man, we Big man, big man wrestle. Mm-hmm. Well, the the big thing too is yes, there is a different story to it now, <clears throat> but also um, the roles are reversed. Okay, uh, you know Roman Reigns is now the big, powerful, dominant champion that nobody can seem to defeat. Okay. He beat two people. You know, he beat two of the best at WrestleMania. He just at defeated John time. Cena. John mm-hmm. Cena literally came out of retirement to try Big and John. win the title Big one Big more Matt time, John. and he could even the great and powerful Superman Cena could not do it. Okay, Paul Heyman's in his corner. Roman Reigns is 
big, powerful, dominant, like we've never seen him before. And now Brock comes in as the, what about me? I used what to be this Ray guy. Ray? What, you know, you think you're, you think you're the biggest and the best? You haven't beat me yet. Not so now, not here. So now Brock Lesnar comes in as in in the fan favorite role. I don't expect Brock's character to change a whole lot. Okay, I don't expect him to go out there cracking jokes, being silly, and smiling, and all that stuff. I expect him to be very similar, but to the fans, he's now seen as the the possible favorite because they, you know, a lot of the fans are you know, waiting to see who can defeat the big and powerful, you know, champion. Mm-hmm. So bring in a guy who was the big, powerful, dominant champion his entire career, basically. Um, so the roles are reversed, you know. Um, Roman's now on top, and Brock's trying to get back there, as opposed to Roman trying to prove that he could be a top guy by beating, you know, Brock Lesnar, etc., um, you know, and, and, and all this. Um, so I think that's part of the story too. Um, so your and that's question what makes is, it a little, a little bit refreshed. So actually there's two. One, two questions. I don't remember the second one, but maybe in the, in the time that I talk of the first one, I'll remember it. Does this, are we going to get a change from, how Brock's worked the last 10 years. Is he actually going to work matches now, or is it just going to be suplex, 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 F5, oh, suplex? If he's he comes in as... Just like the, that's what they the most give super kicks. Yeah. But, I mean, we, like, we know that fans Brock can wrestle. Of go- well, now, the instead of the fans going, oh, no, he's just doing another super suplex, blah, 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 they're going to say... Fuck yeah, I'll give him another suplex. Yeah, the fans we want suplex. Yeah, the suplex city. They're going to do all that. The fans are going to get behind it now because of the position that Brock is in and who he's competing against. Okay, and They want to see him get like... in there and and do that as well. And that's fair. I was just you know curious as, as to would Brock actually work now instead of just throwing suplexes and granted what is your second question i actually figured it out is this where is this the match where we get a cash in because it don't matter if this match goes five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes whoever wins that match is going to be beat to shit um yeah i don't think so but i am also under the possible um believe that this match may happen in October in Saudi at the great kingdom of Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. I mean, it's not a great kingdom, but it definitely is. I mean, kingdom. that's what they call it. We're sticking to the advertisement. Right? <clears throat> um, I, I want to get that. a piece of those millions. I could see that. I mean, look, Extreme Rules, Survivor Series, I mean, you're not going to hold that till day one on day one of next year. Uh, I've heard I've been down since day one-ish. Got, 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 my, got my ticket. Can't I wait. did not. 
I've got other things I got to worry about real quick, and then maybe well, twelve hundred dollars for front row seats. Did you buy a front row seat? No, I bought a fourth row seat. That's oh, still too much. Then I need to look and see how much seats are where I would normally sit. But no, um, they're not going to hold off on that match until New Year's. There's yeah. no way that would so be dumb. I get. I gotta think next month. I mean, two months it, at the Crown Jewel. I mean, look, they're the ones that can afford it, right? So, well, and yet again, as we've seen in the past, because these Saudi shows are paid shows and they're getting enormous amounts of money, they can make a lot of requests for to see <clears throat> things that you normally wouldn't see in WWE currently mm-hmm. you know they they did dx versus um you know the brothers of destruction you know something when, you when sean said he'd never do again when yeah. sean said he'd never wrestle again you know they brought in you know they had other big matches you know they had the you know the kane velasquez there they had the you know they had all these big things in saudi arabia for the fans there um so i very well could see this match being there, um, you know, especially, you know, the the fans to see, you know, Brock Lesnar again, a big thing, and and all this, um, you know, there's there's probable talk that some of the reasoning behind recent title changes are because they are going back to Saudi Arabia soon. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, part of that being. Uh, some of the racism found in Saudi Arabia. That's supposedly why the black champions have some of, some of the black champions have lost championships recently. Apparently, there's a rumor saying that the people of Saudi Arabia don't want to see a black champion. Don't know then, if there's any truth or volition to that, because of course that means Lashley would also have to drop his belt, or he wouldn't come to the show, or something. Okay, but. That all you know sh- could potentially be a sign that yes, things are changing to structure a, a a big event for the crown jewel. But why? How am I gonna How am I gonna word this? Why alienate your crowd that watches you on a weekly basis just to please people in another country that motherfucking I mean, I money? Thirty to forty million reasons, my friend. That's great. That's fantastic. But then your entire crowd in America hates you because you gave in to a bunch of racist fuckholes. Um, the all the all, the only people they care about are the stockholders. And so, with the with the people that watch your program no longer watching your program, uh, the, the stockholders would be pretty pissed at that. If Thanks to the children in this world, they never have to worry about that. See, this is this is the way that they really market themselves. Is why they will never be, you know, they'll never be gone. They know how to mar- make themselves marketable, and they know how to attract the right people. Right? Ever since going PG, you know, as long as they're kids who are watching the product. Adults will spend money on it, okay. Mm. And 
who you who you you got uh, you're gonna upset a minority of people. At the end of the day, you know, that are still gonna paid, give you money. They they get they're paid billions and money. billions. They're gonna get no. they're gonna get mad on social media, but I guarantee you they're not gonna cancel the network subscription. And mm-hmm. when wrestling comes to their town, they're gonna buy a ticket. Yeah. Are you gonna cancel until your fans, subscription, Eric? Until fans stop giving WWE money, they're not gonna care what you think or what you say because you're still giving the money, and that's what they need. It's a business. They're still making money from you. You can talk all the shit you want about them on your Facebook page or your Twitter for your 200 followers. They do not give a flying fuck because you're still giving them money. You're still yeah. paying attention. You're still watching. You're talking about them. Okay? You're listening to us talking about it. You're listening to other people talk about them. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, it, 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 it will upset people. But it ain't gonna hit him in the pocket, and that's the only way you're gonna get WWE to do something different than what than than doing what they want to do. That's WWE fair. going WWE, and this is why they were smart and they hired the right person to get them to the next step. Mm-hmm. All right, now they have Nick Khan in place and says, "Look, build us, create us." A exit strategy. Alright. Let's find the way to say, hey, can this be our way out? Get us our retirement money. Let's cash out now while the company is at its most profitable. Okay. Look, we heard all about the sad stuff about Businesses go, you know, lose going out of business during the pandemic, while WWE is making their own money. Is they're making so much money? Um, they're gonna start printing bills with Vinny's face on them, okay? And ratings continue to decline. Many can say that like the product declines. They've lost a lot of wrestlers. You know, but they're still making lots and lots of money, and that's ultimately what counts. It's a business. If as long as you're still making money, it doesn't matter what people say and about you. I think it's when they stop where... talking about you, stop caring about you, stop giving you money that you need to worry. And the thing is, here's the great thing about Vince McMahon. I believe 100%. He will cash out before people stop caring. Before WWE goes gets, because WWE could get to the point where they were in 1994. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but I, it's anything can happen, right? I believe before things get in, get bad, before it's time to renegotiate contracts and deals, I believe that he's gonna cash out and leave on top. Because at this point, he's 75, 76. You know, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, he, he, he's ready to, to go ahead and just do his thing. Take his first vacation ever. But it's coming. 
So yeah, uh, so I don't think with that. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, that uh, Biggie will cash in um, against these two. But uh, yep, he still has that briefcase. Uh, man, this whole entire thing took the whole entire show. Glad I didn't have a match planned. Um, I know, right? Yeah. No, no show next week. I am on vacation, so uh, there's gonna be a lot to talk about next in two weeks. Uh, we're, we're because we didn't get to talk about Takeover 36, uh, which there's a no, lot. No New Japan Pro Wrestling talk. Oh my gosh, New, New Japan is all over. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Big we Brother. We got the Aaron. NWA. Wow. We got the N. We got the NWA shows coming up this weekend, Empower and NWA 73. We didn't even touch All on those. All out in two weeks. All Bro- out in Bro- two weeks. Brought to you by Car Shield. Woo! Car Shield cars go farther. Uh, we get to talk about Adam Cole's AEW debut in two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, NXT TakeOver, truly the end of an era. Um, as you know, we saw we saw Adam Cole leave, and then Tony Khan dropping the big, uh, you know, revelations to uh, uh, Ariel Hawani that uh, we're gonna see a revamped NXT going forward. Uh, so, yeah, what what does the future hold for the WWE for NXT and for the rest of the world? Uh, you know. Uh, no matter where you're, NWO, Degeneration X, or All Elite, or, or or Bullet Club, or, or anybody else, or Too Extreme, at the end of the day, don't forget, <sighs> you are still too sweet. And with that, thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow us everywhere that you can follow podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, somewhere on the Google. I got to figure that out. Uh, check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Ooh. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F in Danger. Uh, Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. I forgot about Mika. She's on Twitter also. Not here, but she's on Twitter. Literally. Uh, at Mika Villas. <laughs> Until next time, keep watching wrestling.